knowing that money comes to me easily, knowing that I can receive money at the drop of a dime, knowing that people are excited to pay me to do something. So I'm still on a journey, but when I initially started, just the idea of entrepreneurship or knowing what I know now just did not exist. Are you ready to say yes to your wealthiest and most abundant life, overflowing bank accounts, and a deep sense of inner fulfillment? If you are, then you are definitely in the right place. Welcome to the Girl Unfiltered Podcast. Welcome back to the Girl Unfiltered podcast. I hope you're doing well and that you're enjoying the summer sun wherever you are. Hearing of lots of heat waves happening back in the UK. We know it's warm here in LA, across the country. So just hope you're staying hydrated, having fun, looking after yourself. I certainly know that iced drinks are my best friend right now. I'm really enjoying making pureed watermelon juice. Oh my God, it's the best thing. Try it. You put it in a blender, put in like as much watermelon as you want with some ice and some mint if you have it. You don't even need that. So freaking good. Anyway, totally off topic, but that's where I'm at today. Because today I am joined for a beautiful interview uh, by Kanika Williams, um, who's going to talk about an aspect of having an abundance mindset and creating more abundance for you that is not my actual area of expertise. And it's actually all about organizing and creating intentional space within your home because I truly believe that that reflects the energy going on in your headspace and that when you can feel abundant and, you know, peaceful and at ease in your home environment, that's going to reflect in how you show up in your life and in your business. Now, that is not to say that everything needs to be perfect all of the time. You know, we all live in our homes. We all have real lives. But, you know, sometimes we have stuff living crammed behind cupboards and drawers that are just taking up space, that have heavy energy sometimes around them that we haven't used for years. And it's time to create more space and freedom within your home so that you have the ability to receive more abundance. And this is something I'm passionate about at the moment because obviously as I prep for baby to come into the home, I'm wanting very much to nest and create space and create positive, beautiful energy in our home. It's so like I was beginning in my office and clearing out places where files and different books and folders had been living. And God, there was just so much stagnant energy there. Even though I'm somebody that declutters like at least once or twice a year. Um, so that felt really good to let go of. And Kanika is obviously the expert and she's going to share a lot more about this. Um, but let me tell you a little bit about her. So she's a professional organizer and business coach. She has a passion for education, organization, productivity, and she fuses her strengths with authenticity that is inspirational and encouraging, but also action-based. So she's all for taking action and she has a unique ability to move others into action and educate from a sense of love for women looking to become more organized and productive with their time. So let's dive straight into this beautiful, inspiring conversation.
I'm very excited to introduce Kanika Williams to the Girl Unfiltered podcast today to talk all things decluttering and what that has to do with your abundance mindset. So Kanika, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thanks for having me. So I have so many questions for you. Firstly, have you always been a really tidy person? Oh my goodness. Is that something that comes naturally to you? <laughs> it comes naturally. I was actually doing like a, an about me reel for my Instagram because I've, you know, grown so many followers or um, one of my reels have gone viral. So more faces are there. And so I started talking about like how I got started in the organizing industry and my business. And I was telling a story about how I was like maybe eight years old, literally having temper tantrums because my mom had already like you know, done the grocery shopping, unloaded the bag, put in the and put it in the pantry before I got home. And I would flip out. So I've always been um, organized. I've always enjoyed doing it. And so it kind of makes sense that this is what I'm doing. But I've always been like that kid who wanted to have order. Where do you feel that comes from? Do you feel you were just born with that? I think I was just born that way. Honestly, I think I've always been organized. I've always liked for um, my clothes to be set out the night before. I always wanted, you know, things to be matchy or have their own home. Like it's just always been something for me. Um, and so now that I'm an adult, it's like, it, it literally makes sense. And I feel like there's probably people listening, myself included, where I will put my hands up and be like, I don't think that comes actually to me necessarily. <laughs> so, okay. I like things organized. I feel so much better when things are organized, but one, I don't think it comes super natural to me. I'm definitely not on that level. So what makes you passionate about supporting people with that in your now business? How did you go from, okay, I'm just a super organized person to now somebody who actually does this for a living? Yeah. Um, so my, my sister, me and my sister are 11 months apart, but we are completely night and day. So whereas I am very organized and very structured, that's something that I visibly saw my sister struggling with when it came to school. Her book bag was always disordered. Her binders were never put together. Her grades were slipping because she just couldn't find things. She couldn't find her homework. So I saw it. Um, and I saw that she just, she, sis just did not have it. And I, I knew that she wanted to be more organized because, you know, she would see me getting the praise, like, you know, look at your sister's binders all orderly and look at her grades. It's because she's organized and all of these things. And so I saw that that was something that my sister wanted for herself as well. Um, and so now that I'm in this, in the field of organizing and helping other clients become more organized or, you know, create more functional spaces in their home, it's something that I'm good at that I get to share with other people, um, and teach them a skill that I have so that they can be more organized in their own day-to-day -day lives or their spaces. So it's just, I think the work that I do is of service to other people. And I just get to use my passion and my skills to kind of make that, um, mm -hmm. a reality. And do you find that when you go in and support somebody with that, I'm just thinking mindset wise, are they able to sustain that themselves or is there a shift in belief or programming or ability that they need to create first for that? So in terms of us coming in to partner with them, there is a mindset shift that they must take in order to maintain it. And so really it's just a matter of think about the things in your home. Like you want the things in your home to be intentional. And so if it truly does not have a purpose and you don't love and use or need it, is it intentionally placed in your home? And so when clients can kind of come to that realization of honestly, like 
I don't need this thing. I don't love it. I haven't used it in ages. It can, it can go. I think that's the mindset shift that people need to um, kind of acquire to make it more long-term, to make the organizing or the decluttering process more long-term. Um, we try to help our clients with that as well. Like, you know, think about it realistically, be honest with yourself. Is this something that is serving you or is this something that is taking up, you know, much needed space, whether it's physical or mental, is it taking up valuable space that it doesn't need to be taking up? And so the mindset shift is just being more intentional about the things that are in their home. Um, and like I said, we do try to partner with our clients to kind of help them see that, but that's a big one. Mm, definitely. Cause I think, some people just tell themselves a story like, and I get it of, I'm just not good with that, or I'm not organized or I'm not this. What shifts within them when they actually learn the idea of being intentional and creating that space within their home? So the first thing I tell clients, especially when they say this rhetoric of, I'm just not organized or I never learned how to be organized. I feel like or, you've probably heard that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Or I'm just not good at it is that it is a, it's an acquired skill. So we don't just, we're not just born like organized, right? These are skills that you develop over time. Now, naturally I have more of an inclination to be that way. Um, but it's still a skill that I have developed over the years to become more organized and to be more structured in how I just move about. And so with that understanding, even for the folks who are saying, I've never been organized or I don't know how to be organized or it doesn't come that easily to me, it's a skill that you can develop over time. And then from there, you can start to notice, oh, this makes more sense for the way that I need to move around in my day-to-day -day life. Yeah. And we talk a lot about abundance and money mindset on this podcast. Obviously, I'm a money mindset coach. So the reason that I was, one of the big reasons I was excited to have you on is I really believe this has an effect on your abundance mindset and the space and energy that you are creating to actually allow yourself to receive more. So I'm curious what your beliefs are around that and the space that you have intentionally in your home. I think it's very fascinating, the correlation between the two. Um, when I work with clients, there's always the hypotheticals, you know, I can't get rid of that because I've spent so much money on it or so-and-so is going to be really mad that they, because they gave it to me and I gave it away. Or there's always like some level of um, money or some level of money tied to the item that they are having a hard time with tearing down with. And the way my frame of thinking is if it's truly not serving you, the, the money's already spent, right? Like the money's already gone in terms of this item it's okay to pare down or it's okay to relinquish that item because it's not serving you in the space that it's in now, right? Mm -hmm. And so being okay with not necessarily losing money because the money was already spent when you got the item or when you consumed the item, being okay with relinquishing things, I think is a skill that a lot of people don't have because of this, this uh, mindset of not having enough or yeah. wasting yeah. Wow. Okay. I love that idea. It's almost like you're now setting it free. And it's something that supports me in that because I'm decluttering a lot in my home right now, um, preparing to welcome a baby into the home. So that's like a very thank you. So it's a very, um, what's the right motivational reason to create more space. And I think there's some of the things I, I can feel some of my, those thoughts coming up at times like, oh, well, 
we spent money on this, but something that also helps me is like, who can I give this to, or where can I rehouse this or who else would enjoy this? That obviously is more aligned with having this in their home now than maybe I would, or where can I donate this? Just, I think for me, that helps me with that feeling of not feeling like it was a waste or a loss, but it is important, as you say, to be able to set those things free, because then what do you feel that that does? And what do you feel that that creates for them? in terms of having a clear decluttered space and attracting more abundance as a result. You get to replace things that no longer serve you um, with something bigger and better, or you get to just have space to breathe and space to be. And I was working with a client the other day, and as we were decluttering, I'm like, this is great. We're going to have a lot of open space. And so once we kind of finished the, uh, the kitchen for her, she would see in the cabinets or in the drawers, like there, I wasn't putting things in spaces intentionally. And she's like, oh, there's space there. Like it's white space there. And I'm like, yeah, let's just leave it open. Just because you have the space doesn't mean you have to fill it. And so I think that that is also something that people, it just doesn't register for a lot of people. People think, oh, there's empty space. So I need to put something there. A lot of times you literally can just have free open space space for you to fill, for you to breathe. And when you are ready to bring in something bigger and better that you know is intentional, now you have the perfect space for it. I love that. Absolutely love that. It makes me think as well a little bit about the Western programming that we have in that, you know, I think about, well, the bigger the house you get, the more stuff that you have and you just keep growing and growing into the space and, and actually being intentional about what you have in your, in your space. And I definitely find like, when I need to declutter or let go of things or change things around, like it's more my mindset. My, my headspace is in a clearer space. I feel mm-hmm. more expansive in my home and I'm in a space as a result of that to attract more abundance, whether that's a client or whatever it might be, or just to focus more from a really clear headspace in my business as well. So I think that's another big bonus knock-on effect. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. Let's peel it back. Where could somebody, especially if this doesn't come naturally to them, start this journey of decluttering and intentional space creating for themselves? Yes. So if you are ready to embark on decluttering or editing different things in your home, my two heavy hitter rules are, well, really there are three. Um, First is to start in a space that does not immediately overwhelm you. So if you know that your garage has been accumulating things for years and you can't park in your garage, Um, but you have convinced yourself that you are about to start decluttering, don't start in the garage. (laughs) It is too big of a project. You're going to overwhelm yourself um, and you probably are not going to finish it. You probably will make a bigger mess because now you started pulling things out and now it looks worse than what it did before you started, right? So start in a space that does not automatically overwhelm you. So that can be a small space, uh, the junk drawer in your kitchen. It could be going through your old makeup in your bathroom. It could be, um, you know, a small pantry that you may have just getting rid of the expired foods, right? Start small to declutter the different spaces. The second thing I would say is to give yourself a time limit, right? A lot of people are like, oh, this weekend, I'm going to declutter all Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, or all Saturday and Sunday. That's too 
too much. That's too much time, right? Especially if you are not um, in the habit of decluttering on a consistent basis. So give yourself a 30 minute timer and declutter for 30 minutes. Again, start in a, a space that doesn't stress you out. 30 minutes, set your timer. Once that timer is up, you have accomplished your task for the day and then go about your day, do something else and then come back the next day. And so what that's doing is it's giving you the endurance to continuously declutter day after day for 30 minutes. um, And you're getting better at making decisions in terms of what gets to stay versus what gets to go. Mm. And what are your tips for making those decisions? The decisions for what gets to stay versus go? Yeah. If somebody is like umming and eyeing about it or should it go in the going away bag or should it stay in the house? That, that brings me to the third tip. The third tip when you are decluttering is to give yourself parameters before you start decluttering. So let's say I'm in the kitchen and I'm decluttering like all of the utensils. So parameters or rules that you could establish is if it's plastic and it's melted because it stayed on the heat too long, that's trash. If I have seven spatulas, I'm going to keep the best and donate the rest. Best meaning like maybe one or two. It is not mine. I'm going to put it in a little section to give it to whomever it belongs to, right? So give yourself parameters before you start the decluttering process so that when you get to these items, you can literally just apply your parameters to each item and that makes the process go faster. What happens is if you don't have any guidelines, um, no parameters, you start coming up with all these hypotheticals. Well, if I lose this spatula, then I'll have a third one. And then I really like, you start creating all of these other scenarios as to why you should keep things, right? So if you set parameters up front, stick to those parameters so you can get through the decluttering. Mm, I love that. That's actually what I was doing last weekend. Like a pile was dedicated to this. The pile was dedicated to that. A pile yep. over there was like, that's my partner's. But I am the weird wife who... Um, did this is um this is for this Saturday coming up. I sent my husband a calendar notification of we are decluttering. <laughs> so he has it in his calendar and it's like tag team work. I'm like, it's getting done. Um, but that leads me to my other question is how if we live with people, and this is something that is important to us, creating intentional space and energy in our home, how can we get the people in our home on board in the same way without maybe frustrating them or, you know, maybe getting them excited about creating that space as well? I think open communication is going to be big here. Um, Having a conversation about like, hey, this is the state of our home. This is how I am perceiving the state of our home. How are you perceiving the state of our home? Is it stressing you out? Are you okay with how it's functioning? Are there any areas of improvement? What do you think is going well, right? Having an open conversation with the people who are in the home so that you guys can get in alignment with, okay, well, if you think the areas of growth are here, and I also think the areas of growth are here, what can we do together as a unit or as a family to combat it, right? I do think that there needs to be someone who takes the lead, typically, that is the wife or the woman in the house. I'm like, that's me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, typically, at least from my experience and working with clients, that typically is the 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 relationship, which is fine. Whatever works for your home works for your home. Someone takes the lead um, in terms of like how you just did set the calendar. Hey, this is what we're doing. We, we're both in alignment with we need to declutter. Let's just go ahead and get on the calendar. We're going to focus on it. We're going to tag team it together. Um, And then once you kind of have created like a routine for what works for you guys, now it's just a matter of like making adjustments with your habits, 
um, putting things back where they go, making sure things are labeled so everyone else in the home or sharing the space can kind of keep up with it so that not one person is responsible for it. And then really just kind of refining your daily routine to make sure that everyone is playing their part to keep up with the new systems or structure that you have established. Mm, Definitely. And I I feel like this helps me. I'm sure I'm guessing maybe you would agree as well. It's like, it's not a one-time thing. So what are the times throughout your year that maybe you do dedicate to this? Like, is it three times a year, four times a year so that it doesn't pile up again for that person? I think it depends on the person. So, or the the family or individual. Um, It's not a one-time thing. It definitely is a journey. In terms of decluttering, I declutter often, right? So one of the hot spots or or times where I know I declutter a lot is when I am starting to get overwhelmed within spaces in in my home. So if I'm noticing like, man, every time I'm trying to cook dinner, I'm always struggling to get stuff. Then I'll start looking like, well, this is taking up space. It's not, I don't need this. I haven't eaten it. It's been here for seven months. I'm not going to eat it. Let me see if it's expired. If not, I can donate it to a food bank, right? So I declutter when I notice systems in my home are kind of getting on my nerves. So whether it's my clothes or whatever the case may be, if it starts to bother me, I try to figure out a way to declutter. But I would say if that's not you know something that makes sense for you, then just getting it on a schedule in terms of, okay, I'm going to declutter at every seasonal change, or I'm going to declutter at least once a month. Or I'm going to put a basket in my closet or my kids' ba- or closet. So as things get too small or too tight or stained or whatever, I'm just going to throw it in the basket. And when it fills up, I'm going to get rid of it. Mm. So creating like your own schedule in terms of what makes sense for you to pare down and just create space in your home, I think it's just good practice overall. Mm. And do you work with many families or people who do have kids? I was going to say young kids, but I'm like, teenagers can be the worst too. I think (laughs) (laughs) maybe that was actually like looking back right harder for my mom when we were teenagers. So like, what would be your tips for, you know, getting the kids on board because they can be the biggest clutterers (laughs) or mess. I think I think kids, honestly, especially if you get them young, those are, they tend to be a little bit easier Mm. if you're teaching them from a younger age to tidy up, to put your toys back, to reset a room once you're done, or, you know, to put things back before we can go on to the next activity. I think when they're like that two, three years old, like that's when you want to start kind of training them to be responsible for their things at age appropriate levels, right? Um, a two-year-old is not going to be making their own bed, yeah. but, um, you know, Hey, let's clean up before we go outside or let's clean up before we go eat breakfast or whatever the case. Yeah. So I think training them from a younger age so that they, when they get to that teenager age, that they are more responsible with the things that they own. Now, if your kids are older, um, it's just a matter of you leading by example and see, letting them see you do the things that you want them to do. Mm. which might be a hard pill to swallow for a lot, but it's typically the advice. I used to be a teacher. So I I know like lead by example, when I wanted my kids to read for, um, you know, silent time, I had my book out and I was reading for silent time and I wouldn't let them talk to me. So leading by example to get them to do exactly what it is you want them to do. I'm laughing because of like some of the conversations my husband and I are now having where like we agree with the lead by example, but if I do something that he's like, 
Now, would you want the baby to do that? (laughs) You can't be telling the baby, or not the baby, the kid to be making their bed every morning if that's not the first thing that you do when you wake up. So it's like reminding to check yourself as well. Um, No, that's really good advice and really good tips. I'm curious. I don't really know if this plays into um, what you do with your clients, but I do think like it has a big it plays a lot to do with the energy in your home and just the abundance that maybe you feel and your aesthetic of your home. I've just seen from your Instagram. It's very beautiful and neutral and put together. Is that something that you work with your clients on to create harmony in the home? Or is that something that you just enjoy for yourself? To the extent that they allow me, I try. So a lot of my clients, um, especially as of late, they have been more so decluttering Um, And then just creating the function and within their home, right? So organizing, when you think about it, you're not thinking about like interior design or feng shui necessarily, or, um, you know, making all of the colors blend and tie together really well. That's not necessarily what my focus is. My focus is how can we create space? How can create, how can we create better systems and function? And so a majority of my clients, that's the focus. Every once in a while, I'll get a client that's like, oh, can you design it too or decorate it too? And then with those clients, I get to kind of add my own spin to tying in um, the entire space or the overall space to make it, you know, obviously decluttered and functional, but beautifully decorated as well. And so with those clients, I have a field day, uh, but most of my clients are primarily just creating function. Yeah. I love that. I'm sure it's like a big bonus for you when you get to do that. Do you have any tips or tools for that when it comes to that second layer of it in your home, not just the decluttering, but also the energy and space you're creating through the decor as well? So what I tell my clients, I like to know what their biggest hope is for their space, right? So if I were to come in and snap my fingers and you just had the dream space, what would that look what would that look like? How would it feel? How would you feel? Um, what would the colors be? Like, I want a, an entire visual. And for the clients who can say, I want it to feel airy and I want it to be bright and I want it to, uh, you know, feel like lighthearted and I want to be able to come in and just journal or, you know, pray or do my meditation. Once we kind of have the vision of what they want that space to be and to be like and feel, then it's a matter of, okay, well, what can we, what can we pull from this space, right? What is not actively doing any of that stuff, right? So decluttering typically is the first thing. And then once we create the function, now it's just a matter of what do you like to see, right? So we get a a, a vision board or a mood board started um, for the aesthetics of the space, which is where I always tell people to start, like get a visual of what just looks absolutely beautiful for you and what you would like to see in your space. And then we work from there. So it's kind of like reverse engineering um, Mm. to create a space that they love. Mm. I love that. Yeah. Creating the vision board. I go with what do I want to feel in this space? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm redecorating at the moment too. And I can feel that feeling starting to come out in my body. Like every time I walk walk into that room, because I've intentionally created it to be that way. So that's exciting. I want to just ask, because we are a money mindset um, podcast and we talk a lot about business and female entrepreneurs. And like, I feel like it'd be a waste to not ask you this, but what was it like for you to transition into this thing that is your passion actually being your business, something that people hire you for. What was that like? Was there a growth journey behind that for you? There was such a a growth journey. I think when I started my business, I was still working my nine to five. I was doing data. 
And I love that job. Like I love numbers and data and spreadsheets. Like I, that, that's what my um, experience has been up until entrepreneurship. And when I started my organizing business, it was merely as a side hustle just to bring in some extra money. So I didn't have a big vision for Tidy by K. It was just, I like to organize. People are getting paid to do it. I'm going to do it as well. At the time, my understanding of entrepreneurship was very minimal. Um, the fact that people were making thousands of dollars in a day was something that was just bonkers to me. Like I'd never seen it, experienced it for myself. And so when it started happening, I'm like, holy moly, what is this? Like, what is happening? I woke up one morning to like a $4,000 invoice paid and I'm like, holy crap, like what just happened? So there's definitely a journey in terms of knowing that money comes to me easily, knowing that I can receive money um, at the drop of a dime or knowing that people are excited to pay me to do something like Mm. that was a journey for me because I've always been in a position where I'm waiting for someone to send me a check um, for, you know, 60 hours of work that I've done and then the check be this big. So it was definitely a journey and something obviously I'm still on the journey, right? Like there's always levels. We always are. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's always, you know, something to grow from or learn or lean into. So I'm still on a journey. But when I initially started, just the idea of entrepreneurship or knowing what I know now just did not exist. If you are resonating with some of these money mindset beliefs that Kanika is sharing around what she had to shift in order to allow herself to receive this next level of abundance in her business, then I would love to share with you a resource that I have that will really support you in radically shifting that within your own subconscious beliefs and nervous system. So I've created a special five-day program called Tap Into Your Inner Rich Babe that covers the five key money mindset beliefs that I see holding back incredible women from making the money that they not only desire, but that they deserve. One of them, of course, being that money doesn't get to come easy. When you head to the link uh, in the show notes below to check out all of the abundance that is packed into this program, you'll find what the other four beliefs are that I'm going to support you in moving through. In this program, not only am I going to deep dive into how these beliefs show up, what they look like, what you need to look out for, why they may be showing up, I'm also going to share with you a powerful tool called EFT Tapping. You will have lifetime access to that tool. It's going to help you radically shift that belief out of your nervous system and continue to make long lasting and create long lasting results for you. So if that belief pops up again on your next up level, or you're struggling to really align yourself with this next level of abundance that you're working towards, you can always go back to that tapping video, use that resource and radically shift into a new state of being within, and I'm not joking, about 10 to 15 minutes. And that's the feedback that I've received from people who have moved through this program. Plus there's lots of other bonuses. One of them being that you gain access to a really powerful masterclass that's over an hour in length, which I'm not kidding, is one of, it's basically worth the entire program within itself. (laughs) 
So if you know that you're ready to make shifts within your money mindset and you're ready to dive in and start uncovering those hidden inner money blocks, then head to the tap into your inner rich babe page. And for my special podcast listeners, I would love to gift you a special $50 off of the program. So in order to use that and get access to that special discount, then put in at checkout. Now this has to go in at the checkout page. Um, put in the coupon code, the girl unfiltered podcast. And that way you'll be able to receive that special discount. Go check it out. I think so many people will resonate with those beliefs. I think anyone, especially going from a nine to five job into entrepreneurialism has experienced or will experience some of those beliefs. Like, wow, money does get to come easily to me. You say it was a journey. Like, were you conscious of those beliefs and how you had to shift them on that growth journey? And if so, like, was there some of the inner work? What was some of the inner work that you really supported yourself with through that? Um, at the time when I started my business, I was dating a person who had been an entrepreneur from the time he was like eight. So he mm. literally has never worked for anyone else outside of his father. And so he would he would just tell me things or say things. And I'm like, you are absolutely insane. <laughs> he would tell me things like, you know, let's spend $5,000 in ads. And I'm like, $5,000? Or he'd be like, let's go. I want to invest in this coach. It's $25,000. And I'm like, sir, like $25,000. Like I'm not, I, even if I did have it, I'm not doing that. So, and he would just say it so casually. So like cavalier, like it's just the norm because he was accustomed to money coming to him and receiving money and not granted he's working to make it, but it wasn't money. Wasn't as big of a conversation for him as it was for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's just not, I just didn't grow up around a lot of money or see people mm-hmm. having a lot of money near me. So it just was a foreign concept. And so kind of seeing how he navigated um, in the world of entrepreneurship, that was like the first like enlightening thing because he would say like, all of my friends are like this, all of my friends. And I'm like, well, I don't have friends like this. Like I don't have friends who would just spend $25,000 on a coach just after talking to them for a month. Like, I don't know people like this. And so I knew that like the dichotomy of like where I was versus where he was, was completely different. And I aspired to be at a point where I could just drop $5,000 on the ad or in ad spend for a month. Um, and so I knew like very vaguely that there was a gap that I had and I wanted to close the gap. It took me about, um, a solid year for me to invest in like a very high ticket coach. And then once I invested in that coach, game changer. Mm, Why do you think that that was? What was it for you? And even internally, you say it was like, there's no looking back. It was game changer. So for me, um, I paid the coach up front, um, just one payment. I'm like, here, just take the money. I don't just take the money and let's just do it. Um, But I think that at that point in my journey, I just knew that, Money is made to be spent. Like you are making the money to spend the money, to invest the money, to do something else with this, whether I'm investing in coaching or stocks or investments or family or whatever the case, it is here for me to do something with it. And also it will come back. Mm-hmm. And I think once I invested in, in her 
coaching services at that point, that little check mark for like understanding how money flows to me had already been checked. And so I just Mm -hmm. felt more comfortable and confident in making the investment knowing that it's not going to be the last $10,000 or $15,000 or however much money that I invest um, in a person. I will make it back tenfold. And I've just kind of have been operating in that sense since then. But it did take me like a solid year to Mm -hmm. be ready to make that big of an adjustment in terms Mm -hmm. of spending money. That's amazing. And how does it feel in your business now? Like you've got the reality that people pay you and money's coming in. Like, how does it feel energetically for you now with your money mindset? It's so crazy to me. It feels good because three years ago, this is not where I was. Yeah. Right? So being able to like look back at the journey and see like, girl, I was pinching them dollars before, <laughs> before like getting to a comfortable point. Like I was hoarding my money and my, the guy I was dating at the time, He's like, you're so stingy with money. And I'm like, because it's hard to come by. Like, that, that's what I would say. Like, I got to wait another two weeks to get this same thing. So, no, I'm not just about to just spend it. And so knowing that that's where I'm coming from to where I am now is literally, like, mind-boggling. So it's super cool to see the journey and to know that over time, I've been, like, growing in this this reframe or, like, this rethinking of how to view money. Mm, I love that. What would you say to somebody who's in the place that you were three years ago, who's feeling that lack or who's feeling that tension around money, who knows where they want to be, but they're just not emotionally there yet? What would it be a piece of advice that you have for them? Um, actively work to like change the way you think about money. You know money is out there, right? We see people around us, whether or not, whether they're, you know, in our personal lives, in our personal networks or not, we see that the money is accessible to others. You are not excluded from the accessibility of money, right? So I think if you kind of adopt the the thinking of it can come to me just as easily as it can come to the next person, then I think that's a better place to be in versus being fearful about not having it. Mm, That's such a great way of putting it. I absolutely love that. Like if it's accessible to them, then it means it's accessible to me. And I'm finding examples of that where that feels aligned for you. That's brilliant. So what is the vision for your company moving forward? Where do you see this going? Yeah, when I started the business, it was because I had watched Marie Kondo on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And that was like my revelation, light bulb switch of like, this is a thing. And so from that point, once I started like actually moving the needle in my business, I've always said I wanted to be like the black version of Marie Kondo. I absolutely love her. And so that's kind of my aspiration It's just to be like a household name when it comes to decluttering, organizing, and just creating a peaceful home environment um, for yourself or for your family. And so that's my vision for Tidy by K. Like, I just want it to be big. I want people to know who I am, to know the brand, um, and to know that we are here to serve you to create like your own sanctuary at home. And just think what a difference that truly makes in people's lives. Like your home, especially, I mean, especially me, I work from home. I live at home. Like I'm at home all the time. <laughs> like your space reflects your energy. Your energy reflects your space. And truly like organization is sexy. Decluttering is sexy. Creating space for this is positive. Spending time on this is so important because 
it can make such a radical difference in somebody's lives. And it can create so much more headspace for you when your space is a reflection of that. So with that being said, with getting it more out there and even more well-known, where can people find you? How can people even work with you? What's the best way to connect with you? Yeah, so I am all over the socials. Um, So Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Um, It is Tidied by K. And um, where else am I? Pinterest. You can find me on Pinterest for like quick organizing, decluttering solutions. Um, In terms of working with me, tidybyk.com. That's my website. We offer, again, professional organizing services, um, primarily residential, but we do commercial spaces as well. And we will completely declutter your spaces and create functional um, and beautiful organized solutions for you. Can you come to me before the baby comes? <laughs> Let's do it. I literally did a, uh, I did a client. She booked us for a Wednesday to mm-hmm. Re- to do her entire nursery. She had her baby on Friday. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Talk about making space to get ready. <laughs> so we definitely, we got her like crib and everything set up. We redid the entire closet for her. Um, her changing table, like literally the whole thing, everything was in boxes. Like nothing was assembled or anything. So we did her entire nursery in like two days, Wednesday and Thursday. And then Friday she came home with the baby. She'll never forget that. Let me tell you, because uh, knowing that that space is set, I'm like working towards that vision is a game changer. So good for you. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing all of your tips and tools. I'm really grateful. I'm really excited about this conversation just because I think it needs to be had and it's not a part of money mindset and abundance that many people talk about, but it really does have a huge impact. So thank you for sharing your energy with us today. Thanks for having me. If you loved today's episode, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes and hit the subscribe button because women supporting women is my jam. And if you want extra daily doses of motivation, then be sure to follow me on Instagram at girl underscore unfiltered and go ahead and screenshot this episode. Send me a DM and share your biggest takeaway because I love hearing from you and I just really want to drop into your DMs basically. (laughs) So I'm sending you so much love and abundance and have an amazing day.